Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Faith in the Zone, a show about sports and faith and how the two come together in lives being touched. Right now, discover how people in sports walk in faith with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. On this time, on this time, you covered Welcome to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern, alongside this week's co-host, he is Nate Amack. Nate, it's good to see you, sir. How are you? Good to see you, Coach. How are you? I'm doing good. Yeah, I'm doing really good. Hey, I'm really excited about today's show, and I'm really happy you're available to come in. Uh, Our special guest for the entire hour, head football coach at Liberty University, former quarterback at Nebraska, he's Coach Turner Gill. Coach, how are you today? Coach, the reason I have Nate Amack as my uh, special uh, co-host this week, uh, Pastor Ken Kelton, out of town, but I'm a sales guy here at the radio stations, and, and, and Nate is the insurance guy, and I pitched him on, a, on an advertising uh, package a number of years ago, and he came into the studio, and he came into to my office, and he had a Nebraska football flight, and he said, look, I'll So every Saturday morning, I'm up and I'm read, get a, get a read. Oh yeah, got it all done before the game, and or if it was an afternoon, had to hustle out and get back before the game started. Hey Turner, when I when I called Nate a couple days ago and I said, Nate, um, what are you doing Wednesday around noon? He was hemming and hawing. Oh, I'm kind of busy. I not quite sure. I got to check my. I said because I, I want you to be my co-host on Faith in the Zone. We've got Coach Turner Gill. Oh, I'm wide open. I got uh, nothing. I am I am completely wide open. Hey, Coach, let's start with your background. Uh, where did you grow up, and, and uh, how did you end up at Nebraska? Well, I grew up in uh, Fort Worth, Texas. I uh, was blessed to have a mom and dad there, uh, married there over 55 years, 57 years there, and, and all that. Uh, my mom was definitely the uh, cornerstone when it came to uh, – biblical matters and spirituality. Uh, my dad was a hard worker, worked so many jobs. Uh, he was always gone all the time, and uh, he wasn't necessarily involved with the church uh, as we grew up. But later on, I have to say that he did accept Jesus Christ as personal Lord and Savior. My dad is still Amen. living today. Unfortunately, my mother has passed away, but also fortunate that she is absolutely with Jesus Christ right now. So uh, I have two uh, sisters, uh, and uh, they're still around there. And One of them is in the Fort Worth, Dallas area, and the other one's in Kansas City. How did uh, 
how did a guy like you get to Nebraska? How'd they let you out of that state of Texas? Uh, part of it was, you know, I think it's God's blessing. Uh, God touched me in a way to say that, uh, and along with my parents, uh, we don't mind you exploring things outside of the box. Uh, and so uh, they were open to, uh, to me to at least to explore things. Uh, really, pretty much most schools I was looking at were were out of state. Had uh, really Nebraska and Oklahoma were the two main schools, and I was actually a baseball player, so I was really in, in such, uh, uh, excited about maybe Arizona State to play uh, baseball there too. They were pretty powerful at that point in time, and so you know took those visits and uh, the really summit opera real quick at the one person who really did it is really Tom Osborne Dr. Tom Osborne hmm. um I mean he came with his uh, wife came and brought her to our our home it was, they had a event in Fort Worth Dallas Fort Worth area and he happened to bring her on over to I don't know that meant a lot special to me that he didn't have to bring his wife along with it to meet my parents and so um his personality his beliefs and all the things that he had in store uh, we were, were were really fit. Uh, I wanted him to be the person that's going to help me become a better man first and then be a better quarterback uh, at that point in time. Nate, that doesn't surprise you at all. Not in the least. I mean, you hear stories of, of Coach Osborne's legacy with that and the lives that he touched and, and other guys that, that came in under him, uh, Coach Ron Brown and others, that, and, of course, uh, Coach Gill. And uh, just what a legacy that that's been and the impact that those men have in their lives, and really being able to invest in them beyond the game, beyond the field, help them become better men and, and uh, secure their faith. You know, Turner, we, um, we've had a number of, of uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, former Pittsburgh Steelers on Faith in the Zone, and it seems like, I, in fact, the last guy that we had on, I said it, it just seems like there was a, there's a lot of former Pittsburgh Steelers that are willing to get up on the mountaintop and get, get come on a show like this to talk about their faith and how it's affected their lives professionally and personally. And and he said, look, it starts with Chuck Knoll. He made it so comfortable for us because he was such a strong Christian that we could be who we were in that locker room and on the field and in meetings, and nobody was was ashamed or afraid to call themselves a Christian. And it sounds like Tom Osborne had the same impact on that Nebraska program. Well, yeah, he uh, you know he led by his walk uh, for his way he did things. Uh, I guess the biggest thing that I even still carry with me today is he showed how he valued everyone. Um, you know, uh, just everyone involved on the football team, people who were the starters, the people who were, uh, if you want to say, on the scout team. He talked to them and let them know how they were valued. And he also shared that with the players and the staff to say why everyone is important, why everybody's involved in the Nebraska football program. Uh, the people who are involved with the equipment, the people that are involved with doing all the copying machines and papers and books and playbooks and all that, they are just as valued as I am. And, again, I saw that in action. I got to see it as a player. I got to see it as an assistant coach working with him. And I got to see him now as I continue to dialogue with him every day of his life, uh, how he values people. And, and that's what we're all here to do. God has placed each and every one of us here is to serve, just like Jesus Christ mm-hmm. served for us. Amen to that. We had uh, Tony Dungy on a long time ago, one of the guys I work with. He worked uh, as an equipment guy for the Indianapolis Colts, and, and he said, look, I don't know if Coach Dungy, Dungy will remember me, but he made a point to at least once a week come down into the area where we worked to say thank you to us. 
He said, I, I, I'd never seen anything like it. And so when we had Coach Dungeon, I said, hey, there's a, a guy here and here's his name. And he said, I remember him. You tell him I said hello and you tell him that I said thank you for the hard work that he, that he did when, he, when I was with the Colts. And so kind of similar to what you're saying, I mean, these are the kind of guys that, like you said, value everybody within the organization. And I think sometimes um, that's hard to do. I've been, a, I've been a basketball coach for 36 years. And there are times that you start to forget maybe about the kid that is taking the film and the girl that's getting the water. And it, sometimes it's hard to set time aside to just go over there and say, hey, thank you so much, and just to remember to do that. And and I think that's a great story, um, certainly about him. We are talking to Turner Gill. He is the uh, former uh, quarterback at Nebraska, current head football coach at Liberty University. Hey, Coach, when, when after your college days and you, and you played professional and then you played some baseball, did you know at that point that uh, coaching football was something that, that was going to be your, your journey and your path? Well, I say, uh, you know, God laid on my heart that it was time to move on to something else when I was playing baseball. Uh, I, I really had to make a decision and just pray about it, and my passion was more with football than it was with baseball as far as possibly getting in any aspect of the organization of football or baseball and I just felt baseball was not quite the same thing that I wanted to have a lifelong uh, journey in and so um, Tom Osborne talked with him and he said Turner I think you you may have uh, something here in the future as a, as a coach why don't you come on in and hang out with us in spring football mm-hmm. practice see if you like it and, and kind of go from there and and it kind of took off from there to be honest with you and, and at that point in time I ended up uh, going to the University of North Texas to finish my degree, and that's where I finished my degree. And then Tom Osborne gave me a call, and I was a, a graduate assistant at that time and uh, kind of took off at that point in time that gave me an opportunity to start my profession. And it's great that I had an opportunity to not only play for him but coach with him, so I got to see all the other inside things that I did not see as a, as a player. Nate, when we were talking about Turner Gill, and, and you talked a lot about him on the football field, you never told me that he was a second-round pick to the Chicago White Sox at oh, the age of a, 17. He was a stud baseball My player, God. too. But. Man, for a shortstop, you could pick it and throw a little bit, Coach? <laughs> well, I call it picking and grinning, you know, a little bit. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> hey, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, that's I guess growing up in high school and probably in the elementary and all that, baseball was my first love. But, man, once I got a taste of the college football, I wanted to be able to have that environment. College football is just such a – I don't know, it's just a special situation to be in when you have an opportunity to play on Saturday. And uh, I, I love that, and uh, I think that's why I'm uh, into, still in the profession today. Coach, when you look back at your days in Nebraska, and, and, and uh, Nate, I would ask you the same question, and I bet you guys have the same answer. Who was the, who was the team that you circled on, on the schedule? Who was the team that you, right away when the schedule came out, wanted to know when you played them? Well, it was kind of easy. Oklahoma. <laughs> we always knew we were going to play them right around Thanksgiving there. That's uh, Oklahoma. So, there you uh, go. <laughs> being, being from Texas and, and all that, and, and really came down to those two schools as far as where I was going to go attend. So uh, there's no question about it that uh, the other red, I'm going to call them. Yeah, Nate, you remember those days when Oklahoma would come to Nebraska? Oh, it was epic. I mean, we, uh, the whole family looked forward to it. I mean, it's it was a red-letter day across the state and uh, some of the most exciting games. and. Boy, we loved uh, we loved Turner Gill, man, because he was a legend against Oklahoma. I mean, he just he he brought the wood when he played him, baby. We were hey, loving it. Co- coach, did you did you have um, you know I, I like I said I coached high school basketball. I do now, and and I see these kids, and at an early age, so- freshmen, sophomores, sometimes juniors, 
where when the game gets, the lights get a little bit brighter, the crowd is bigger, you know, they play a little bit different, a little bit tight in the beginning. And then, you you know, once the, the, the game gets going, you kind of get them back to where they have been. How did you feel prior to a game at home against Oklahoma? Oh, just exciting and ready to go. I said, bring it on. You know, uh, this is the moment you dream for. It says, I'm ready for it. Uh, and I just kind of encourage our teammates along the way and uh, say, we got Jesus, so let's go and let's do our, what we're supposed to do. Man, that's awesome. Guys, let's get to a break. Other side of the break, um, we're going to ask uh, Turner Gill for his testimony, and we'll ask a little bit about his journey and his walk. He's now the head football coach at Liberty University. You can follow him. Twitter at at Liberty T Gill. If you want to follow him on on Twitter, he's got some great posts that I would highly recommend. Um, you start to follow him; it's really interesting. Again, we are uh, joined the entire hour. Former quarterback at Nebraska, current head football coach at Liberty University. He is Turner Gill. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio one hundred five seven FM. The Fan. More now of Faith in the Zone. Discovering people of sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Brookside Baptist Church. Back with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern. Alongside my co-host this week is Nate Amack, our special guest, the former quarterback at Nebraska, current head football coach at Liberty University, Turner Gill. Nate, before we ask Coach Gill for his testimony, um, you had talked about a time that 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 uh, Coach Gill came to the church that you were at. Yeah, you know, uh, Coach, I don't know if you, you've done so many of these appearances, I'm confident, but uh, in the early 90s, you, I believe you were the quarterback coach back in Nebraska, and uh, I went to a little church, Indian Hills Community Church, off of 84th Street there in Lincoln. I was in a group called Boys Brigade, and uh, you came and spoke to us, and I don't have a ton of childhood memories, but let me tell you, that has been burned uh, into my memory. And what you talked about with your faith and living it out on the field and honoring God and everything that you do. And then it's not just a segmented part of your life, but it's, it's every day. Uh, and whatever platform that God gives you is to use it to magnify him. And all these years later, that has stuck with me. And I, and I wanted to just let you know that you have impact on people. And I know, I know you know this, but you have impact on people that you've never even met and, and you won't realize till you get the glory and, and you see the impact there. But I just wanted to, to thank you for taking that time. I know you're busy and, and, uh, or we're busy at the time, but, uh, just what a blessing that's been to me, even all these years later. Well, to God be the glory. I definitely remember uh, Indian Hills Church there. I know exactly where you're talking about. <laughs> and, you know, they think about that, Nate. How old were you then, do you think? Oh, I would have been 14, 13, 14. Man, Coach Gill, think of that. He, You know, he's got, you have well, kids. No telling how old I am. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm not going there, and I'm certainly not going how old I was back then. But, boy, I'll tell you what, as 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 coaches and as, as guys, we we have an impact on, on kids, and not, certainly not me coaching high school at the level that you have, but he was 14 years old. He's a grown man with kids that age now. And he remembers when we talked about this, he he gave me quotes. He said, look, this is what he talked about. 
And I and I know exactly where I was when he said this. And then my buddies and I, we talked about when he left. Can you imagine? He said this and he said that. It's 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 sometimes amazing to me the the impact that that you know we can have if we utilize the platform that the Lord's given us. Well, amen to the Holy Spirit. That's that's all I can say to that part of it. The Holy Spirit is uh you know when when the Holy Spirit is live and and with us as we always know it's there. But us acknowledging it, then we can receive things a lot better way, and and even the person speaking uh, can put it in the right way so they can understand it. Coach, have you always been comfortable going out and sharing your faith? No, 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 not at all. I mean, if um, I, I would still say that I'm really an introvert, um, I never really wanted to speak in front of people growing up, even in college. I know you kind of you had to do it, <laughs> but it's still even today. I wouldn't raise my hand up to a certain extent to say yes, I'm fired up and ready to go do some talking, but. Again, I do it because God has called me to do that, and so that's what comforts me to be able to do it. Hey, Turner, you'll love this. Uh, we had Don Beebe on a while back, and we've told this story on the show, but I know you haven't heard it. Um, he was rooming with Frank Reich, and he was with the Bills, and, and Frank said, hey, I'm, I'm going to speak at this youth group at a church, and they asked if you would come with me and, and speak as well. And Don said, absolutely not. I, I, I don't do that. I, I'm not comfortable public speaking, and, and thanks for the offer, but absolutely not. And Frank said, well, you think this is about you, right? And he said, excuse me? He said, this isn't about you. This is about Jesus Christ. So yep. get your coat. You're coming with me. And Don Beebe said, I've never said no since because I thought he's right. I thought it was about me and how uncomfortable I was but it, it really was not about me. So, hey, Coach, if we could uh, ask you for your testimony, um, just kind of where you were and, and age-wise and and uh, and how the Lord has brought you to him. Well, yeah, I uh, uh, was definitely, uh, unfortunately, it wasn't actually when I was there at Nebraska, but uh, I got a, a verse I'd like to share with that kind of real quickly will we'll kind of summarize it all up in uh, Revelation 3.20. As it says, listen, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and have dine with him and he with me. Uh, again, as we all know in life, uh, you know, Jesus is always knocking on the door, but we don't we don't listen and we don't hear him. Or sometimes we just hear him and we don't listen. Well, uh, all through Nebraska, obviously Coach Osborne, I heard the gospel. My mom, she, I knew the gospel. I went to church. I did all those things. I heard those you know, things about what you do to accept Christ, but I ignored it. I didn't want it. I didn't need it. Um, I had a situation there when I um, went to uh, Nebraska. I got hurt in my sophomore year. I, my, I had a, a leg injury, and I remember the doctor speaking to me, and uh, Dr. Clary said, turn the only way you're going to get healed is by prayer. When Jesus was knocking at the door, see, I still had a hard head. Again, I wouldn't let Jesus in. I closed the door. Um, Jesus gave me grace. He allowed me to play football again. And things happen and continue to happen to me in a good way. Then I end up, uh, you know, going to uh, play professional football. And then I came across another young man that played college football with me at Nebraska. I've always admired the way he went about his life. And at that time, I said, man, I've, I've been blessed. I've had the fame. I've had some money. I've, I've had the exposure and all those type of things. But I don't have peace. I don't have any peace whatsoever. I'm still trying to find some things that's going to give me this true peace and the satisfaction that I believe that I should have. So I sit down and talk with Todd Brown, a uh, receiver there with me at Nebraska. Now he was the receiver with me at Montreal. 
And I said, Todd, uh, I've admired you from afar, man, and I appreciate you the way you live your life. You didn't force this uh, Jesus thing on me, but uh, right now I need to ask you. Jesus is not going to do it right now. I need to ask this question. What is so unique about the way you have this joy about you? you ain't, you're not saying things, but I see the joy in you, the way you walk, the way you talk. You have injuries. You've had different things, and that's where he shared the gospel with me. He said, Turner, the only way you're going to have peace and joy and fulfillment uh, here, more importantly, after this earthly thing, you're still going to have some ups and downs on the, here on earth, but on the forest in heaven, that's what you're going to have is peace. You have to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, mm-hmm. that he died on the cross for your blood and your shed, that, the, that he shed from you, and that he will buried, he rose again, and paid the sins for you. And you have to repent all the things that you have had that have been disgraceful to God. And once you have done that and you accept him now as your personal Lord and Savior, you're going to have joy. You're going to have peace. You're going to have fulfillment. You're going to have a purposeful life. So from that day on, I knock that door down. I bust that thing down. And I know for sure now, no matter what happens in my life, that I'm in heaven because Jesus Christ paid the price for me on my sins, just like he's done it for everyone else. So that's where I've accepted Christ. As he said in John 14, 6, says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes through the Father except through me. Amen. amen. Boy, amen to that. I, I tell you, and, and Pastor Ken always says it, but, but we, we love to hear the stories of, of everybody's testimony. They never get old. Uh, they just never get old. I, I I don't know Todd Brown. I know Nate. You were shaking your head. You <laughs> certainly know Todd Brown or of him. And I I thank him for his willingness to sit with you and to open the Bible and say, let me tell you exactly why I have this peace. We've had coach. We've had so many guys on this show that have said, hey, look, I had everything. I had uh, uh, Pastor Daryl Strawberry. Well, I've had I had all the money, all the girls, all the houses, all the cars. Uh, you know, I people said I was one of the best baseball players ever to play, and I wasn't happy. I thought I had everything I ever wanted, and I got it all, and I was just depressed all the time. And not until I realized why and, you know, turned my life over, that's that's the first time in my life that I felt true happiness. And and similar to you, you know, you, you, you didn't have that peace. And here's Todd Brown, who's... You know, just he probably prayed for you a long time for you to Absolutely. come to him, and and the, now you you walk up and open the door for him, and the fact that he was willing to step through and 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 work with you. Do you remember him as a player, Nate? I I I can't I can't remember specific plays, but yeah. I absolutely knew he was part of the part of the rosters back in the day. And boy, yeah, what yeah. a! So I accept the cry. Yeah, in, in December of nineteen eighty five. That's when I accepted the cry. So he would play with me from eighty to 80, uh, 82. He 82. was one year older than me. Uh, so he he was there from seventy nine to eighty two, played for Nebraska, and then we played together in Montreal. So, mm-hmm. matter of fact, this, here's a here's a great story and a blessing how God continued to work. I coached both of his sons. Oh man, that's awesome. His older son played for me at Kansas. His younger son Isaac just played for me here at Liberty University. Oh, that's awesome. That both receivers. Both were receivers. 
Man, apple doesn't fall far from the tree, does it? <laughs> That's hey, coach. Before we get to uh, before we get to a break, and and I really appreciate you know you sharing your your testimony with, with us and the fact that that Todd Brown was able to do that. I ask guys this, and as a coach, I, I don't know if this will this will make sense, but for for players, do you think it's easier to walk worthy in the locker room or outside of the locker room? And 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 the reason for the, the the question we've had guys on that said, look, when I'm in the locker room, I'm kind of by myself, or I've got one other guy with me. Um, when I leave the locker room, my my whole circle of friends are all guys that'll get up on the mountaintop and strong Christians. And the reverse, we've had guys that said, look, in the locker room, people have kept me accountable. It's when I'm outside of the locker room where I've struggled in my personal walk. And I'm wondering your feeling on that. I think it's an individual basis, you know. I, I guess for me, um, as 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 again, I wasn't a believer when I was playing, but as a coach and being around all the different people and 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 how they've accepted Christ, uh, um, I think most of them that I've talked to and been involved in, it may be a little bit tougher inside the locker room mm. in front of their peers uh, because they get um, you know they get tempted. Mm-hmm. And they still kind of want to be with uh, the group mm-hmm. in some cases. So again, when you believe it, you get tested even stronger and more. You know, mm-hmm. the, you know, the enemy knows your weaknesses, so it gets attacked. So again, I ain't gonna say it's a hundred percent, but I, I would say in most cases, maybe inside the locker room because I mean they're watching you, and then when you mess up, they they tell you about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you it's not about it's, it's not about messing up. You, you're gonna fail. God has said you're gonna sin. But it's more about how you uh, correct that, and it doesn't happen over and over again. And you ask for repentance. So that's my thoughts on it. Excellent. We're talking to Turner Gill. We get to a break. Other side of the break, we'll continue our conversation. He coached one year in Green Bay. We're going to ask him if he misses the winners up here. (laughs) We'll do that on the other side of the break. Again, our special guest, former quarterback at Nebraska, current head football coach at Liberty University. They're about a week away from kickoff. And we'll talk to him about this year's team. I see they have one Wisconsin kid on that roster. We'll ask him about that young man as well. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone, an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Sorens Ford of Brookfield. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern. Alongside my co-host this week, he is Nebraska-born. Nate Amack. Yeah, Man, Cornhuskers all the way through, I'm telling you. Do you still fly that flag at your house? I do. I do. Somebody stole it one time, but uh, <laughs> I pulled my spare out and had it up within, I don't think it was down, gone for a half hour. Do, do you guys still meet? Do you have a group of Nebraska fans up here together? That we do. Go to the we do. They, meet, they meet downtown. They watch every game downtown together. And then, uh, you know. You know, you can honest. become a cheesehead. It's okay. Hey, no worries. When I was a Husker you... player on the team, I, I'm a, I root hey, man, I green and gold. I will get you a Badger hat. Just you know, see how that fits mm. and get it to. That's not insane. No, man. not at all. Our special guest and, and boy, he's been great. 
Again, former quarterback at Nebraska, current head football coach at Liberty University. He is Turner Gill. Hey, Turner, you had a chance to coach, I think, one year up in Green Bay. What was that like for you? Great experience. Uh, I was kind of a dual role. I was the assistant receivers coach, and then I was a director there as far as um, uh, player personnel, as far as a director of helping them to finish up their degrees and, uh, again, uh, in player development. So I, I, I loved it. I was actually there the first year uh, when uh, Aaron Rodgers got drafted. So I got to be there for one year with him and uh, Brett Favre and all that. But the winners were, were a little rough around the edges, but uh, I've been there and done that. So just put on a few more clothes and, and go get them. Hey, was the city of uh, Green Bay, did it remind you of, of Lincoln at all? Or? Yeah, it was Lincoln. I, yeah, I can see that. No question about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, everything uh, shuts down there on game day, and it's just a, um, uh, a great excitement. To, everybody's all for the one team there in Green Bay Packers, and love them, uh, you know, in, in every way. Hey, got it. Um, I, doing some research for the show, I, I read an article uh, called Turner Gill at Liberty Stead, uh, Studied by Faith. It was uh, Baptist Press. I wrote it and read the article, and, and I wanted to talk about one of the quotes. Um, it says uh, it says this, less than three weeks later, Gil landed at Liberty, which attracted his interest, he said, because there's no question about the vision, the Christian values, training champions for Christ, the, the school's longtime tagline. I think that says it all. As I look back at all the things God has placed me in, there's no doubt he placed me right here at the right time in my life. And I thought that was a great quote. What a perfect spot uh, for a man that that is as strong as his faith as you are. Uh, Liberty University is, it, look, it, it wasn't known as a big sports thing 20 years ago. But now you look at some of the things you're doing in football and, and baseball does well in basketball. Um, it's a school that, that it's, it's the largest Christian university in the world. And I think that you guys are utilizing athletics uh, to spread the word and, and I'm just really excited about what you guys are doing. With with this said, with that quote, that there's just no question about the vision at at Liberty. You guys do not shy away from who you are. Absolutely not. That's what God has called us to do. You know, He says that we are to go out and teach the word, basically to everyone. He says all the nations. That means to everyone. And so you need to speak the truth. You need to share the Jesus Christ story. That's what we're here on this earth for. That's that's really all we're on the earth to do is really to share the gospel, share the story about Jesus. If we feel held to do that as human beings, that's on us. Coach, when you go out and recruit, um, people that, that you recruit obviously know who you are and what Liberty University is all about. And so when you sit in, in somebody's uh, kitchen or in their living room, I would assume that that's the first thing that comes up. That, look, this is who we are. And I know that you guys don't only recruit guys that are really strong Christians. There are some players that, you know, once they get on campus, you guys are hoping that that, that they start to kind of walk worthy and, and learn more about their faith. But is that is that a good selling tool for you? Well, no question about that. Uh, again, we, we definitely teach and, and talk about the uh, the faith base that we have. But again, like you mentioned, we definitely want people who have accepted Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. And we all want people who are lost. You know, we just, uh, God has not called us. Jesus hasn't called us just to come around and we just sit around everybody else who has accepted Christ. We do that. 
but we got to go out there and bring people in here and, and, and share the gospel with them, let the Holy Spirit take care of the rest. And so there is definitely people interested. In I think there's probably more of the parents in most cases. They're a little bit more excited about that. Uh, sometimes there's players that uh, they, they're still wondering. Again, like we I've been there before, again, around the mom was strong in it, and maybe I did not want to be totally involved in it. But again, uh, we let the Holy Spirit tell them, like we say, pray about it. And if God uh, inspires you to come to Liberty University, then then that's that's what you need to do. You guys, and looking at your roster, obviously you, you recruit very well um, right in your area. And, and, and I saw some Florida guys, some Southern guys. Um, the Midwest, there was a Minnesota kid and there was a Wisconsin kid. Do you guys, is, is the kids in this area, if they have interest and if they're at that level to be able to play at, at Liberty, do you normally hear from them rather than than than? Because I I don't think you have the recruiting budget that you can send guys to high school football games in Wisconsin, right? Correct, correct. No, it'd be it'd be very very selective as far as we go outside of the East Coast and heading into the Midwest and the West Coast. Now we'll go anywhere, uh, definitely to go recruit someone. Uh, what we uh, going to be good stewards of our financial situation. And uh, again, when people uh, may write us or we may end up talking to someone that has a connection, uh, then we'll definitely explore those options as far as that goes. So we got uh, Michael Corwitz has come here in, uh, from Wisconsin and uh, receiver. Uh, you guys that came on as a walk-on, and uh, he's done a good job, only a redshirt freshman this year in his second year this year. And so we look forward to him continuing to develop and uh, be instrumental uh, not only on the football field, but also instrumental in his walk with Christ. Mm-hmm. Coach, you guys, looking at your schedule, you guys open up, uh, you guys are at Baylor, correct? Correct. Saturday night. So this is going to air on the 3rd, and we're taping this a little bit early. So when this airs, we're going to know how that, that went. Boy, that's a tough opener right there, Coach. Well, absolutely. Well, you know, um, as we all know, uh, in, in God's way, he, he doesn't give you anything you can't handle. No. So that's how I kind of tell my players. I say, hey, we, we, we know we can handle this. Now, what the results are, none of us know that answer. Not Jesus knows. Uh, but we go out, and our job is to go out and do the best you can. So, again, Baylor's a Christian university, and so it's great to have two Christian faith-based universities playing against each other. And, again, we just go out and do the best you can and, and see what God has planned for us. Coach, those days where you were at uh, you were at Buffalo and then at Kansas had to be, um, especially the Kansas one, had to be um, something that was was you had to be strong in your faith to get through that. I know that Kansas being a basketball school, I think it's always difficult um, to 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 try to do as well as you can in football. But if like a place like Indiana is a basketball school, Kansas is a basketball school. And it's hard, I think, sometimes to to get people excited about the football program. Was that a tough couple of years for you? And, and how much did you rely on your faith during that time? Well, really, I was no different in Kansas than where I ever ever been before. I continued to share the gospel, continued to share the faith, continued to share the word to our student athletes, to our staff, and continue to do what you need to do. Again, the things that we don't understand. It's not all about wins and losses from a godly perspective. And so I ought to do is do the best I could uh, from a one-loss record. Maybe it wasn't what uh, what the world looked at, but I enjoyed the experience. I learned a lot. I met a lot of great people. There was people who accepted Christ uh, through those times. And so uh, as, as I say it, or anywhere we go, 
God's placed you at a certain time, and whenever there's a time for you to move on, God is just saying, your work is done here. Hmm. You've done what I've called you to do. So that's how I always look in that perspective. When God changes and has me to go somewhere else, he's just saying, your work is done at XYZ place. We're talking to Turner Gill, former Nebraska quarterback, head football coach at Liberty University. Nate? You know, Coach, um, I, I love hearing you say that when it's time to move on, that it's God moving you on. You know, Paul said the same thing when he was in prison. He said, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ. He didn't give the credit for his condition to the Romans. He didn't He didn't say that Rome has me imprisoned here. He, mm-hmm. he kept the focus of what he was doing and why, and that, and that that God himself allowed Paul to be in prison. And we see the impact that Paul had in that prison time, not to equate prison with your with those tenures there, but, but God will give us those specific difficult situations, not so much that we succeed, but that we succeed eternally and spiritually to accomplish things that we won't even realize until we're in glory with him. So well done it, with it's that. Just, it's just growing. He's molded all of us through all the, the good things, that prosperity that happens and the adversity that happens. Because there is something about how do you handle prosperity? You know, I know everybody is talking about how you handle adversity, but man, it's, it's about how you handle prosperity. Sometimes you you need to know how to handle that in the right way, and, and God may to, may need to have you go through some of those things at that time to get you closer to Him. Amen. You know, last question before we get to a break, Coach. We, um, I was talking to Coach. A number of coaches have been on the show, and I've asked them a similar question. These players that are on your roster almost become almost stepsons. To, to what you guys are doing as as their head coach and you spend a lot of time with them, how difficult is it for you when when one of your players kind of goes off the rails a little bit or does something that he shouldn't be doing? Um, I know as a high school coach, it it used to affect me a lot more, and and now I just go right to the source and we we walk through it and talk through it. But it, it used to affect me a lot. Like I used to think, boy, am I not doing a good enough job trying to mold this young man into being a better kid? And I'm wondering at your level if you feel the same kind of, um, you know, just how hard it is when, when one of your players does something they shouldn't be doing. Well, I, I see him as my son, and I, I talk to him about it all, uh, almost every day. It says that you are my son. I tell the parents that when they decide they're going to come here and be a part of the university I'm coaching at is uh, I'm going to treat him like he's my son. And therefore, uh, the things that happen in a great way, I'm going to continue to love him and teach him. And there's things that maybe uh, doesn't do in an appropriate way. We're going to attack the behavior. I'm not going to attack the person. Uh, we're going to continue to teach him. There comes a time where there's so many opportunities that come. And are you going in the right way? I can still love a person. I can still pray for him. I can still love him even if I have to remove someone from this program. Mm-hmm. So uh, I always tell them that. Again, they may not understand it at that point in time, but continue to pray for you and to continue to help that person to, to learn. Because we always talk about you got to learn and press on toward the goal. you got to learn about the things that you've experienced and change the behavior. And only you can do that. But you first of all got to get a relationship with Christ. If you don't get a relationship with Christ, then it's going to be a little tougher to really truly understand the behaviors that you need to do in order for you to fulfill your true purpose according to God's plan. So, so again, I know I feel that uh, tough thing there, tough love, whatever you want to call it, but Christ has called us that we need to discipline people in, in, in the right way so that they can um, uh, do things in the proper way according to God. Nate, you got any eligibility left? <laughs> if you had, I'll scrap it together. I'll go play for him. Yeah, if you had any eligibility <laughs> left, you would say, look, I'll go play for this right man. Right now, baby. Right, right now. Man. 
Matt, Coach, that's awesome. We're going to get to a break. We've got a very short fourth segment. I'm going to ask uh, Coach Kill who who he thinks the best one of the the best player he ever played with at Nebraska. You got now. I want you to write. Don't say it. I want you to write that down. We'll ask. Turner Gill on the other side of the break. I want to see if these guys have the same guy. Again, our special guest, former quarterback at Nebraska, current head football coach at Liberty University. You can follow him on Twitter at Liberty T. Gill, and I would recommend that you do that. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Back to Faith in the Zone, a journey on how people in sports walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Fellow Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Here's host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All this time, all this time, you covered me. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Mike McGivern ready to sing the Wisconsin Badger fight song with my co-host, Nate Amack, our special guest. Okay, man, he's a good one. And I'm telling you, if you've got a Division I high school football son or nephew mm-hmm. that has listened to this and, and you want to uh, to make Coach Gill aware of your of this player, and if he's a kid that fits in, with what uh, Coach Gill has been talking about, I would highly recommend go to Liberty University's website, go to their football um, landing page of their website, and there's a place that you can contact about recruiting. There's information on that website, and uh, he he certainly will take. He's got one player from Wisconsin, and he wants Liberty to get a little tougher, so he needs more of these Wisconsin <laughs> boys to come up and play at at Liberty University. Hey, Coach, I, I we went to a break. I was going to ask you who you who you think the best player that you played with at Nebraska, and and uh, I'm just wondering, is it somebody that that Nate may may get, or is it somebody off the grid that we don't know so much about? No, I think he, he would get he would get it. Uh, he's had a player that I played with. Yes. Yep. Well, I would I would have to go with Mike Rozier. Um, was the best player that I played with. Uh, we had a lot of talented players. I was thinking him or Dave Remington were probably my two guys I had on my list. But I would go with Mike Rozier. He was tough. He played through pain. Played every one year, one game. He played with broken ribs and still ran for about 200 yards. And and he was a guy who gave people water on the sidelines after he would run. And the offensive guys, the defensive guys, had great movement, great speed, and uh, it was an all-around back. Well, uh, he'll block, he'll block him, and he also could catch the football. So Mike Rozier. Yeah, that's exactly who uh, Nate wrote down, Rozier. And and I'm wondering, Coach, did you know it was he? Was he the same um, age as you? Did same grade? Yeah, we're in the same class. So, we, we came in together and finished in the same year in eighty um, eighty three was our last season. So we played together. Yep. Did you know him prior to getting uh, on campus? No, 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 no. He was from New Jersey, and we all met together. Him, Irving Fryer, and all together there, we were we were in the same classification. Irving Fryer, he was the number one pick in the draft mm-hmm. that oh, year. Yeah, and make no mistake, that year. Uh, Turner Gill came in third or fourth in the Heisman voting behind Mike Rozier when he won it that year. So, Coach, I mean, Coach Gill is no slouch in that, in oh, that I whole know equation. That. I mean, if we were ranking. If we had Mike Rozier on, he'd probably say Turner Gill. Hmm. Um, that offensive line that you guys had was was incredible back then. The holes that they would open up for you and these running backs and, and the time that they gave you. 
I, I always love it when quarterbacks, I get to interview these high school kids, the player of the game, and I'm always impressed when it's a, a quarterback or a running back. And, you know, these kids, they never get a microphone stuck in their face the way I'm doing it. And I just go, hey, congratulations, great game. You know, who would you like to thank? And the guys that go, look, I want to thank my offensive line. If it wasn't for those guys, none of this would be happening. Um, That offensive line you had there, Coach, was awfully talented. Well, no question about that. Uh, Dean Steincooler that same year, he won the Allen Trophy winner, and I think he was actually maybe in the top ten in votes, too. So um, Mm -hmm. he was the third player picked in the draft, and he went to the Houston Oilers. So we we definitely had a uh, a very, very good offensive line, and and we're blessed. And had great coaches in Milt Tenenberg, the late Milt Tenenberg, and Mm -hmm. Dan Young, and and all those guys, and Cletus Fisher. So, um, again, coaching staff was outstanding, and players were really passionate about the game, and and, uh, we appreciate all that they did for us hey coach we just got uh, about two minutes left two and a half minutes this year's team you, you open up Baylor and then Moorhead State Indiana State and then get on the road Jacksonville State um, th- this year's team you said you're feeling pretty good you guys might have a chance to be a, a pretty good team where is it a senior laden team coach is it a younger team no we definitely got a younger team there we only have 10 seniors on our football team so wow. uh, we're definitely a young team and juniors and sophomores so really sophomores and freshmen redshirt freshmen laden uh, if i had to say really the, the large part of our team boy that's uh that's gonna be an exciting year for for you guys coach i, I have to tell you when last question um again before we go your staff that you have is is uh are these guys that have been with you for a long time is are these guys that uh do they come and go i know in college football staffs a lot of times guys will spend two years here and then head over somewhere else is the staff that you have a bunch of guys that have been with you for a while well yeah i guess on this current staff i have um really on defense um the original staff is here except for one guy. Have They've been here for six years. One guy uh, left before, and he's now the head coach of East Tennessee State, and Carl Torbush, and so uh, he's been there for five years. And on my offensive side of the ball, uh, so I got one, two, uh, three, two guys have been here the whole time. Uh, I got one guy on my staff has coached with me for 11 years. Wow. Um, and so, um, yep, yeah, we, we, we got a pretty good veteran staff. I got about four out of my five on offense. Or have Nebraska ties uh, that have, that coached at Nebraska while I was there at some point in time. So uh, uh, they all have accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Um, I, I was I don't know this as a fact, but I can say if we're not the only, I can say we're definitely one of the few that can stand here and say that everybody on his staff, as far as the coaching staff, have accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Amen, amen to That's that. Awesome. Oh, amen to that. Hey, Nate, uh, you're excited yeah. to come in, and Turner Gill does yeah, not yeah. disappoint, sir. He does not disappoint. Yeah. If uh, your son gets to be that level, what grade is he in? He is uh, eighth grade, heading into his ninth grade year. Yeah. Okay, so you know what? Three uh, years got, from now, gotta put him on the radar. Yeah. Hey, baby. <laughs> hey, baby. You know what? If he's as tough as his dad, he might. I don't know if he'd be tough <laughs> enough to play. <laughs> he better be tougher than than you, Nate. Um, you always been a big Turner Gill fan. It's funny because you asked him during a break, hey, that pass against Oklahoma, that, that hit off the turf. And you, you thought about that for years. I have. Yeah. I, and I, I rewatched it last night, and I'm like, man, I just cannot. I, I, that it was uncharacteristic. If it was accidental, it was uncharacteristic, and it just worked out. Yeah, it threw it. Uh, but behind, it was intentional. It doesn't it was, shock me in the slightest. It, it was intentional. Did that go for a touchdown? No, but it was a big first down. It was a big first down. Yeah. 
And that was unlike Tom Osborne to try a lot of trickery, yeah. right? Yeah. He was kind of a basic. He, he had a little bag of trickeration did there. He? But yeah, yeah, he did. A little sneaky like that. Fumble Ruski. Yeah, he a little subtle about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was. He did. He pulled out big moments. Man, that's awesome. Coach, thank you so much for your time. Good luck this season at, at Liberty University. And uh, we certainly, I know Nate's going to follow you like crazy this year now that he knows half of your we staff will. has we Nebraska better. ties. <laughs> and uh, I wish you certainly the best. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Coach. Well, thank you. And uh, we all. All give God the glory in Jesus' name. Amen Amen and amen. Amen to that, brother. Former uh, quarterback at Nebraska, current head football coach at Liberty University, Turner Gill. Thank you. Nate Amax, good to see you. Thanks for coming in. Thanks, Coach. You bet. This is Faith in the Zone on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The fan. You've been listening to Faith in the Zone with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner. You can hear Faith in the Zone every Sunday at 8 a.m. To find past shows, exclusive podcasts, or to contribute with an inside tip for a guest, simply go to faithinthezone.com. Faith in the Zone is an inside look at people of sports and their walk in faith. Join us again next Sunday for Faith in the Zone, right here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Was it really amazing grace? Now I know for certain, Lord, it was you that rescued me. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.